Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I want to dive into. But first, before I dive into those, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. First, if you're sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I hope you lose lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one or two bottlenecks that we figure out that are keeping you from seeing the results that are outside of the training and nutrition protocol. This usually falls under what I call like the lifestyle and mindset pillars of a body recomp. And so you know, we spend a lot of time there with that and figuring out what is going on there with that. And again, that's usually training and nutrition can always be improved for sure. And they are super important, but sometimes I see that those things hold people back more than they think. And so if you're interested in that, in the you can fill out the link in the show notes, or you can reach out to me on Instagram and we can chat about this in more details. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan. That also is in the show notes. If you want to learn more about what a body recomp is, I have my 75-minute masterclass on Body recomp, you know what it is, how to do it, and and you can find the link to that in the show notes. Next, you can follow me on Instagram, Jeff H O E H N underscore, and that's where I'm most active on social media. So if you have any questions there on that, or just want to see more of my content, you can follow me there. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you can leave a rating and review, and that will help more people find this podcast. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's question. So my first question I have today is when working on losing fat, is it better to keep your calories lower or hit your macros? And I thought this was a good question because I do think that people get these two concepts confused, right? Hey, should I focus on my calories or should I focus on my macros when people don't realize that they're actually by tracking one, you're indirectly tracking the other. So it's it, it so they go hand in hand, okay? So it's hard to say which one is more important. Now I'll break this down in terms of how I do this with clients and you can take this information and, and whatnot. So it's important to realize that, so if you want to lose body fat, you need to be in a energy deficit, okay? I think a lot of people get this confused and I just made a post on this recently. People get the concept of calorie deficit confused or they're just not like, very sure on what a calorie deficit means, right? I think a lot of times people think it means it's like a, a way of eating and it's not, right? It's it's the energy balance that your body is in, right? Your body, every day you bring in energy, right? Through food. And then every day you expend energy, right? And so there's multiple ways to expend energy. It's not, this isn't just, this isn't just what you do exercise wise that plays a role in it, but it's not everything, right? You, we expend energy just from just your body needs energy to have its basic bodily functions, right? To keep you alive, to keep things moving smoothly, that requires energy, right? And that's going to have the biggest impact on how many calories you burn throughout the day. And this is based on body size, genetics, et cetera. There's a lot of things that go into it. Okay. And that's called your basal metabolic rate, resting metabolic rate, BMR, RMR, you'll hear things like that. Then we have our thermic effect of food. This is how many calories you, TEF, this is how many calories you burn absorbing and digesting food. So that uses energy, right? And then we have NEAT. This is like non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is like just fidgeting, talking, things that you do spontaneously throughout the day. That's going to obviously expend energy. And then we have exercise energy expenditure, right? This is the calories you expend exercise, right? So that's the energy out. Energy in is how many calories you bring in. And calories are just like a, a proxy to 
have an idea of how much energy we're bringing in, right? There's no like specific magic to a calorie. It's just a way to measure energy, right? And so there's this over time, there's, hey, how much energy do we have coming in? How much are we expending? And your body senses what's going on here. And in order to drop body fat, you need to lose body fat, which means that there needs to, that means that there needs to be, you need to be expending more energy than you are bringing in over time. Okay. Because the, the body needs to sense like, oh, hey, there's an energy deficit here. We need to take stored energy, aka fat, but it could be muscle, that uh, other things as well, too, other tissues in your body all have stored energy that your body can use when there's in it, when it's in an energy deficit. And so again, in order to lose body fat, you have to be in that energy deficit because then your body senses, okay, we need to make up for that deficit. All right, we're going to use this through body fat. It may use it through muscle, but again, if we're weight training, eating enough protein, it's the body's going to be a little bit more, it's going to be tougher for the body to use muscle as for energy. It's going to prefer body fat at that point, right? So that's how you lose body fat. Now, the thing with calories is they're made up of macros, right? Macronutrients. There, there's the carbohydrates, there's fat, there's protein, there is alcohol, which we'll hit on here in a little bit. Okay. For example, carbs have four calories per gram. Okay. For one gram of carb, that's four calories. Fat has nine calories per gram. So for one gram of fat, that's nine calories. Protein, four calories per gram. So one gram of protein is, is four calories. So for example, if you have something that has 28 grams of protein, that's going to be around 112 calories. Now, most foods don't just have one macronutrient. They usually have trace amounts of one or the other, right? So it might have a little bit of carbs. It might have a little bit of fat. So 28 grams of protein may have something that's 28 grams of protein may have 30, 140, 150 calories or something like that, depending on what's going on. Now you can see where I, I bring this up. And also it's not exactly four calories, right? This isn't a perfect thing. It's rounded. It could be like 4.4 or something like that, right? It, these are just rounded numbers. So you can see where these macros make up your calories. So we know that in order to being be in an energy deficit, you need to make sure that you are in an energy deficit, right? How do you know over time your body weight is trending down? Um, that's the best kind of proxy there for that is your, your body weight is trending down over time. Is that a hundred percent? accurate? No, but it's right there. It's up there. And that's going to be one of the best proxies we have, right? To know that you are in an energy deficit. There's no objective official way to do it other than potentially like doubly labeled water method, which again, we don't have us people here in the normal world don't have access to uh, usually just used for like researchers and stuff like that. It's going to be very tough to basically, you're not going to know for sure, other than we can use body weight and other, we can use other symptoms and, and, and biofeedback to tell us if we're energy deficit, right? Being hungry um, can be a good sign uh, that you're you know, in, in an energy deficit. Again, we don't want to be ravenously hungry, but some hunger is a good sign, right? So there are some things that we can use here that aren't necessarily just scale weight there with that, right? Like leaving your meal feeling like, hey, I could definitely eat more. Like over time, that's going to lead to a energy deficit. And again, where people get this wrong is they are in they're doing, they do well for five days out of the week. And then over the weekend, they go way over. They don't really feel like they ate very much, but they eat a lot of calorie dense food. So they end up not being in an energy deficit over time, even though they are doing this five days a week. Okay. So hopefully you, you understand now how they go hand in hand. So like asking this question of, should I hit my macros or should I uh, keep my calories lower? It's like, they're going to go hand in hand. Okay. So you can't asking if it's either or is not the right question. So to simplify this for clients, I have them track their calories and protein versus trying to hit four different numbers. Okay. I have found that if we can have clients keep track of their calories and then they hit a protein number, this is going to basically take care of everything that we need it to, because it ensures you hit that protein, which we talked about is important for lean body mass and then calories, which are the most important factor for the energy balance uh, equation, right? So you, basically those are your two big rocks there.
And so this ensures they get enough protein in, but also they stay within their calorie goal, right? If you just track one macro and don't account for your overall caloric intake, you might not get the results you want, right? So this person that asked us said they've been tracking their fat intake and that's good. That's a, that's, if, if that's a trouble macronutrient for you, that's a good place to start. And fats are easy. If you consume a lot of fats, we talked about, they have nine calories per gram. They, they can be very calorie dense. This isn't a bad thing. We need fats in the diet, but it is easy to overeat fat. By tracking your fat intake, like that's a good start. That's a way to moderate your food uh, intake. However, if you're just tracking fats and you hit that, but then you're eating a lot of carbohydrates, you're eating a lot of protein. Protein's a little bit tougher to overeat, but carbs would be the, the, the issue there. You could be hitting your fat amount but then your calories are more than you want, right? So it's, hey, I'm tracking my fats. Why am I not dropping body fat? So your caloric intake could be off. So you need to look at that, right? So I think if you just track one, so if you just track protein, again, that's a good start. That's going to help you hit your protein goal, right? If we're just tracking protein and say a lot of your protein is through not lean sources, right? Fattier sources, which again, isn't bad all the time. It's in the overall context of the diet. You could be hitting your protein, but then your calories are super high. And again, you're not going to elicit that fat loss that you want, even though you're, you hear, oh, I need to hit protein. This is super important. I'm tracking protein, but why am I not seeing the results? That's why. But again, to, to you can track all your macros. And again, that's going to get you your, your calorie goal, right? And I'll tell you one example where that could go wrong here in a minute. But again, if you're going to do this, I would track I think if you're going to do it, you could track your macros and that in turn is going to help you get your calories or you could do calories and one macro, one macronutrient. And ideally that would be your, your protein, right? That's typically what I have clients do because at that point, it's like, so long as your fats or carbs aren't just like super out of whack, you're going to be in the range that you need to be in there with that. Maybe we'll make some adjustments, but for the most part, it helps display. It just helps get those in track. If you do your protein and pro calories, right? Because if you're hitting your calories and protein, it's like, no matter what, you can't be like, super high on carbs because you, you have that constraint of the, the calories, right? Knowing that the carbs, fat, and protein make up the calories. So hopefully that makes sense what I'm trying to say there. I What I also made on this post here is you can't forget about alcohol, right? Because alcohol does have um, seven calories per gram. So that's why if you look at alcoholic beverages, you'll see three carbs, but then like a hundred calories. And so if you're like tracking on my fitness pal or something like that, and you just track your macros and you don't account for your calories, this could... If you have three, four, five, say seltzers, for example, that could be 500 calories that you're not accounting for, but it's only 15 grams of carbs, right? So there's going to be this kind of uh, mismatch there. So what I say on this is if you are drinking alcohol, you definitely want to pay attention to your calories because if you just do your macros, it could be off because most things aren't going to, they don't have the alcohol grams on there, right? So hopefully, uh, again, that makes sense to, to sum it up. One is it like you don't want to have this as an either or type thing. It's probably good to track your calories and then pick a macro that that you want to track. Ideally, it would be protein, right? There with that, and just realize that they they're interchangeable, right? Your macros make up your calories, so you can't you can't get around that there on that. Let's go to my next question, and it is how bad is Red Bull? Full sugar, it's my comfort, but I know it's got to go. Same as cutting soda, I think. Definitely on the same track in terms of the soda aspect of it's it, it's a liquid, it's liquid calories that you're consuming that has a lot of sugar, right? Just by itself, we don't want to sit there and say that's good or bad. The problem with this is the same as soda is you're just drinking these calories here that, that don't provide really many nutrients. Now a Red Bull may, I think does provide like some B vitamins and stuff like that. I've, I'd have to look for sure, but I'm pretty sure it, you know, it does provide some micronutrients. Whereas like a soda doesn't have like B vitamins in it and stuff like that. But the same type of thing here, you know, you're consuming your calories and they're not going to keep you feeling full. Um, and so it's just additional calories to your diet. But this kind of question on the Red Bull, it, it, it you can apply this to any food or anything like that. I don't like to think of things as good or bad. 
just blanket statement of Red Bull, is it good or bad? I, I would never answer that because we need to take it into the context with your overall diet pattern. Okay. So like what you're doing overall is the most important. If you just tell me, Hey, I have a Red Bull day. Is that good or bad? I, I, I don't know. I need to, everything else you do is, is more important now. So in saying this, if you get the regular Red Bull, so let's say you're consuming an eight ounce serving, the regular Red Bull, you're not getting the sugar-free one. That's 110 calories, right? For an eight ounce, just an eight ounce. That's not, maybe you're getting a 16 ounce, who knows? Like I just said, those calories won't provide any fullness. So you can just think of it as extra calories that you're adding onto your diet. We don't do a good job of, if we consume our calories via drinks like this, we don't, our body does not do a great job of accounting for that energy later on throughout the day. Versus if you ate 110 calories, like your body does account for that. Um, and it's, it is relatively tough to uh, overeat. Now, obviously, if we eat a lot of processed foods, we can hack that uh, system there. If fat loss slash weight loss is your goal, this probably isn't the greatest choice. However, it, it depends on everything else you do, right? And the reason I say it's not great for a weight loss or fat loss diet is we just go back to, we just talked about calories, right? The importance of that. You know, if a chunk of your calories coming in are through these foods that don't leave you feeling full and you already do have to monitor your caloric intake, you need to be in a somewhat restricted state here for fat loss. It's like that's taking up a big chunk, not providing very many nutrients, and it doesn't keep you feeling full. Uh, so it's going to be tough to stick to that caloric amount that you need to be in that energy deficit, right? But again, it depends on the person. Some people have a little bit more wiggle room in terms of what, how many calories they can consume. And so that's my thought on it, right? Is it's not itself bad. We need to look at everything else. If you're having five Red Bulls a day, you're also eating a ton of processed food on top of it. You're not moderating your cal calories. You're not exercising. Okay. That's a different story. My other concern here with Red Bull is if you drink it too late in the day, it does have caffeine in it. And so that can impact sleep. So that's going to have some indirect uh, effects on body composition as well. So we just want to make sure that if we do have this, we're not consuming it too close to uh, sleep as that will impact it. And this brings me to my next point on this too, is the sugar isn't necessarily the issue. Okay. So I don't want to, people like to demonize sugar and sugar isn't the issue. It's again, what the rest of your nutrition looks like. And that's going to have a much larger role here in this, right? Just having one drink a day of Red Bull. So if you have one Red Bull and then you eat mostly whole foods that provide plenty of vitamins and minerals, then you don't really need to be concerned with the sugar in this, right? Now, if you have a Red Bull and then you eat mostly processed foods, high in fat and sugar with little to no vitamins and minerals, then that's the issue, not the, the one Red Bull, right? That's also adding to that. Typically what in these situations though is people that tend to have these Red Bulls with sugar in it tend to usually have a highly, like they're more likely to have a more processed food diet overall, high in added sugar and, and fats and whatnot. So then let's, oh, what is the problem, right? Is it that, is it the Red Bull or is it everything else? And it's typically everything else, right? Whereas like people who probably eat more whole foods, they are probably more likely to have the sugar-free versions of these and not consume a lot of their, cal their calories through sugar, right? So we need to be uh, looking at that. But really what I'm trying to say here is in a fat loss phase, you could probably make a better choice. You might want to opt for the sugar-free option to save some calories and to increase your food volume overall and to save as many of your calories as possible through whole foods. So that way you can feel full, give your body the vi vitamins and minerals it needs. So those are the things we need to consider. And we need to look at everything else in your diet, not just this one thing. It's very rarely is it one thing that you're doing that's a problem. It's the especially when it comes to nutrition, it's the entire week, it's your entire overall diet pattern that is the most important here. So let me know if you have any questions on that. So last question of the day, I've been lifting for three years. Can I still recomp? And I think this is a good question because I think a lot of people, so they, they think, oh, I've been training for a while. I can't recomp. So first I want to go over this. I've gone over this multiple times, but I want to continue to, to, to hit on this. 
So there's multiple ways to look at a body recomp. Okay. So the first is, so first of all, an overarching view of a body recomp, this is going to be less body fat and more muscle. Okay. And the research you see a body recomp as you losing body fat and building muscle at the same time. That's what people consider a body recomp, right? And that's what they use in the research. And I consider that what I call a short-term body recomp. That's simultaneous fat loss and muscle gain at the same time, right? That's like the perfect, okay, I can do both. And this does require, it, it depends on many different things that, that go into it, right? But typically it's for people who are newer to training and, and, and whatnot. Then we have our long-term body recomp, okay? So this is where, again, over time, we're losing body fat and building muscle, right? So over time you're doing that. However, because of how the body is and, 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 and whatnot, like you have to start to be more specific towards fat loss or muscle gain at any one time. So you have to go through phases of purposely trying to build muscle and then phases of losing body fat, right? Over time, you're losing body fat and building muscle. It's just not both at the same time, right? And that's what I call long-term body recomp. So those are the two things, right? So I, I wanted to go over that first. So we'll take this from a short-term body recomp standpoint of, hey, I've been lifting for three years. Can I lose body fat and build muscle at the same time? And so it's going to depend on what those three years look like in terms of training, nutrition, lifestyle, and what your current body composition is, right? If you didn't really have a goal with your training and just lifted or did random workouts, and then you combine that with little to no focus on nutrition, poor sleep, for recovery, then yes, I do think you could recomp for a period of time. I think if we got you to maintenance or a very small deficit, you could potentially uh, recomp at this point. Now, this is ultimately going to come down to your current body composition, right? And that's where I think it is the most important because if you are lean and you have a good amount of muscle, this chance of you recomping is going to go down the drain at that point, right? However, if you've been doing this, you got a little bit of body fat to lose. You're not super thrilled with the muscle growth you've had and, and all those things I just mentioned we can put you through a body recomp for a period of time, right? Now, if we go on the other end of the spectrum here, you've had everything dialed in for three years. And again, you're lean, you have a lot of muscle, your training's been on point, you've really dialed in your training, you've really dialed in your nutrition, um, your recovery is great. Then your chances go down. The, the likelihood of you being able to do both at the same time is going to be slim to none, right? And so again, like I said, in, in this scenario, you could still recomp. It would just be what I call a long-term body recomp through phases of fat loss and muscle gain at that point. So this is going to be very dependent on where you're currently at. But again, this person, that hypothetical person where they've been doing everything for three years, it's perfect. Body composition is great. You're still going to be able to recomp over time. We're just going to have to go through these phases where, hey, we're going to focus on gaining muscle, which is probably going to require a small calorie surplus. You're probably going to have to gain a little bit of weight, maybe a tiny bit of body fat, but we're okay with that because it comes with uh, added muscle, right? And then what we do from there is we run a fat loss phase, get you leaner, but we maintain as much muscle as we can, but we're focused on fat loss because we know that's going to be the most effective. You get down to where you want to go and then you rinse and repeat the process here over time. And again, what that means is over time you're recomping, right? You're having more fat or more muscle and less body fat. It's just not simultaneous. So hopefully that was helpful there. I think more, pe more people than they than you think can probably do have a little bit of a recomp for a period of time because most people doing it on their own have not had everything dialed in at one time. And not that you have to have everything dialed in at one time for it to happen. It's just like the more advanced you are, the more you do have to have everything dialed in. But again, even, from, even if somebody thinks they've had training dialed in, there's probably some things we can do to help make it a little bit more optimal for or better for building muscle. And same thing with nutrition, et cetera. So hopefully that was helpful. Let me know if you guys have any questions on these and I will chat with you next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.